Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. God invites you to pray, promises he will listen. When you do call out to him, Abba, Father, he comes running, doesn't he? You can talk to God because God listens. Your voice does matter in heaven. He takes you very seriously. When you enter his presence, the attendants turn to you to hear your voice. No need to fear that you will be ignored even if you stammer or stumble or don't quite know what to say. Even if what you have to say doesn't impress anybody, it impresses God, and he listens, and he cares. He listens to the painful plea of the elderly in the rest home. He listens to the gruff confession of the death row inmate. When the alcoholic begs for mercy, when the spouse is seeking guidance, when the businessman steps off the street into the chapel quietly, God listens. Intently and carefully, the prayers are honored as precious jewels. I'm going to say that again. That's such a sweet, sweet word. Intently and carefully, the prayers are honored as precious jewels. Purified and empowered, the word dries in a delightful fragrance to our Lord. The smoke from the incense went up from the angel's hand to God. We read in Revelations chapter 8. Your words do not stop until they reach the very throne of God. One call and heaven's fleet appears. Your prayer on earth activates God's power in heaven. You are the someone of God's kingdom. Your prayers move God to change the world. You may not understand the mystery of prayer, but you don't really need to. But this much is clear. Actions in heaven begin when someone prays on earth. What an amazing thought. When you speak, Jesus hears. And when Jesus hears, the world is changed. And all because somebody prayed. We must understand that our sovereign God has, for his own reasons, designed the world that much of what is truly his will. He does make contingent on the attitudes and actions of human beings. He allows humans to make decisions that can influence history. Isn't that something? He allows humans to make decisions that can influence history. Human inaction, though, does not nullify the atonement, but human inaction can make the atonement ineffective for lost people. Human inaction does not nullify the atonement, but human inaction can make the atonement ineffective, not effective for lost people. This truth could intimidate us with the responsibility it implies or even condemn us because of our lack of prayer. We see in Ezekiel 22:30, and I searched for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. We've looked at this a couple of times this month, and I wanted to bring it back up today because, boy, that just says it. That just says it. We've got to be that someone. A responsibility can also be a privilege. A responsibility can be enjoyable. 
prayer is essentially a partnership working hand in hand with God to achieve his redemptive purposes here on earth. It's important for us to rise to the occasion to embrace the incredible invitation to be co-laborers with God, to be carriers of his wonderful Holy Spirit and ambassadors for his great kingdom. God needs our prayers. Our intercessory prayer will always and only be an extension of Christ's intercessory work. Our intercessory prayer will always and only be the extension of Christ's intercessory work. He paved the way for us. He opened the door. Jesus is not praying for us. He is interceding for us so that we can pray. Intercessory prayer is prayer. Intercession is something a person does that he or she can do in prayer. Intercessory prayer is prayer, but intercession is something a person does that he or she can do in prayer. A person will not be very effective in intercessory prayer until they understand that concept. 1 Timothy 2.5 Do I, do I have that on there, 1 Timothy 2.5? Okay. That's okay if you, if you don't get it. There we go. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Prayer is one of the most important spiritual attributes of the Christian life. Nobody is born a prayer hero. Nobody is born a prayer warrior. They are shaped and refined on the practice field of life. Prayer changes God's mind because he loves us. God loves an honest seeker. God is not offended by a sincere question. He does not rebuke. God is a good dad, isn't he? Over and over we see that God has chosen to work through his people even when it is the Lord himself initiating something earnestly desiring to do it he still needs us to ask and I'm going to give you an example in the when God answers prayer in the book by Bob Russell uh, it's a, just a great little example Jeff and Teresa Bowling recently moved to Louisville Kentucky from Lexington where they had been members of Southland Christian Church they visited several churches in Louisville and really liked our church but they could not decide if that was where God wanted them to be. They wondered if perhaps God wanted them to find a congregation where they could become involved in leadership more quickly. One day, while traveling on a business trip to Minnesota, Jeff was praying. He said, Lord, give me a sign that it's your will for us to join Southeast Christian Church. Minutes later, in the Minneapolis airport, he looked up and saw me walking through the gate. This is the pastor of the church. He could not believe it. Lord, he said, I believe that's good enough for me. Jeff introduced himself to me and explained his prayer. He said, Bob, do you think God is giving me a confirmation about your church? I laughed and I said, yeah, I think so, without question. The following week, they became members. Under normal circumstances, it's important for you to understand, the odds would certainly be stacked against Jeff ever running into me in Indianapolis at the airport. 
But what makes the story even more amazing is that I was not scheduled to even be on that flight. I had been forced to make an emergency trip home from a speaking engagement in Spokane, Washington to preach for the funeral of a longtime friend. We serve a God who has the power to answer our prayers, even in dramatic ways at times. That's a wow, isn't it? Can you imagine seeing the pastor in the airport and you're several states away? Nothing is impossible with our God. There are some qualifiers, though God does not guarantee that he'll answer all of our prayers exactly the way we ask, or pray, uh, or prayer would put us in charge of the universe, and that would be dangerous, wouldn't it? Sometimes God uses natural means to answer our prayers, as, and God moves mountains more often through gradual erosion than he does through volcanic eruption. God moves mountains more often through gradual erosion than he does through volcanic eruption. Sometimes God expects us to use our own resources, dynamite and bulldozers, in addition to our prayers, to move that mountain. But God does promise that if we pray, trusting in him, there will be times when he will do spectacular, even miraculous, seemingly impossible things to answer our request. That's just a good word, isn't it? I couldn't have said it better myself. <clears throat> so over and over we see that God has chosen to work through people even when it is the Lord himself initiating something, earnestly desiring to do it, he still needs us to ask. And that's what this fellow did, didn't he? He asked the Lord about where they should go to church. Could it be that our prayers do more than just petition the Father? Could it be in some situations they actually release cumulative amounts of God's power until enough has been released to accomplish his will? God will begin to guide you and I we will have a knowing on the inside of what is right and what is wrong. But we must begin to talk to him. God, help me with my day-to-day. -day. Father, forgive me for my sins. Father, help me to be a blessing to someone else today. Dear Lord, help me to drive in traffic this morning without having an accident. Dear Lord, please help me find a parking space as close as I can to the building in this pouring down rain. Lord, please protect my family today from illness and disease. God is not just when we are in over our heads or in times of disaster, is he? We are always in our, over our heads every moment of every day in some area of our life, aren't we? But if we have a sincere heart, we don't have to follow some sort of formula to talk and to pray to our Father. Prayer is an intimate conversation between us and our Lord. Isn't it profound, the Almighty administering the blessing of his covenant through us? That's what intercession is all about. He lays on us someone else's need. We stake ourselves to that person, and we carry away their weaknesses or burdens. As we said before, sometimes a laying on requires a treading up on, doesn't it? Um, Ephesians 1.22 And God placed all things under his feet and appointed them to be head over everything for the church. And also Ephesians 2, 6, if you could go on and put that up. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. 
Christ is saying, what I have done, you must enforce. I have put them under my feet legally, under my authority, but you must exercise that authority in individual situations, causing the literal fulfillment of it. This is one of the books. Both of these books, by the way, you all, they have on Amazon. And they are just really good if you have a little library at home. This is the one by Dutch Sheets that we've been working from on intercessory prayer. How God can use your prayers to move heaven and earth. <clears throat> Let me see now. I heard a minister in Fort Worth, Texas, tell the story of another pastor who years ago received divine protection as a result of prayer building walls or boundaries of protection. The pastor had developed the discipline of beginning every day with an hour of prayer. But this one particular day, he felt a strong leading of the Holy Spirit to pray longer, so he continued for a second hour. Well, after two hours, he still felt that need to keep on praying. So he persevered for a third hour, asking for God's protection and blessing over his day, as well as for some other things. He then felt released from the need to pray any longer, so he stopped and went about his day. That evening, he was mowing his lawn, and he felt something repeatedly brush against his leg. He looked down and saw a coiled-up rattlesnake trying to strike him, but it could not hit him. Instead, it kept brushing on either side of his leg. Why had this man felt the need to pray longer that morning? What was he doing? Among other things, he was building boundaries of protection through prayer. Some would say, of course, that, ba that God does not need three hours of prayer from us to protect us from a rattlesnake. And I would agree. He did not need seven days of marching around Jericho either, did he, to tear the walls down. And he, he chose to do it that way, though, didn't he? He does not need to spit in a person's eye in order to heal them, does he? But he did it. Why he requires things to be done certain ways, we just don't know. But we do know that for us, obedience is the key. If he says three hours, then three hours is exactly what it's going to take to get you covered that day. <clears throat> could put Romans 16:20 up the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you Christ is looking for a voluntary army that will stretch forth his strong scepter of authority ruling in the midst of their enemies we are the ones enforcing his great victory we are the ones enforcing his great victory he placed all other authorities underfoot. He conquered Satan and his kingdom. But we must enforce that victory. Sometimes the laying on results in a treading upon, doesn't it? In other words, when Christ lays a prayer, mission, or a burden on us that we might bear it away, the task may involve warfare. No serious Bible student could study the word intercession and separate it from the concept of warfare. The Greek and Hebrew word for tread involves the concept of violence. It can mean bending the bow when about to shoot an arrow, or it could also mean trampling in a wine press when you translate it. 
and we look in Isaiah 63, 3. <clears throat> I have trodden the winepress alone from the nations. No one was with me. I trampled with them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood splattered my garments and I stained all of my clothing. And also Revelation 19, 15, because we're going to talk about these two verses. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. The verse in Revelation is found in a famous American hymn, the Battle Hymn of Republic. The song takes uh, from both Revelation that we just read, this 1915, and also the uh, Isaiah 63:3 verse. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Oftentimes it is to be done for our brothers and sisters as we, like Christ, climb into their attics of despair and place our cheeks next to them. And we cry with them. And we carry away their burdens and their weaknesses. To be like Christ is costly. It will cost us, you know. The work of intercession has a price. Let's, as Christians, pay that price. May God live through you. May God live through you. May the scepter be extended from us as we rule in the midst of our enemies, making them his footstool. May the terrifying roar of the Lion of Judah resound from the church. May the terrifying roar of the Lion of Judah resound from the church. May the covenant of the Lord be administered on this earth. Did you know as many as 80% of those who consider themselves born again do not tithe? Boy, that's a little prickly subject, isn't it? Therefore, it opens them to a curse. Yet they are offended if someone implies that their lack of provision of making ends meet from month to month might just be their own fault. We could go to Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that there will not be room enough to store it all. Boy, that's something to hold in your heart. We do not forgive. Still, we have the gall to thank God will hear and answer our prayers. We could go to Mark eleven twenty-five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Oftentimes we don't eat well. We don't exercise. We abuse our bodies in other ways. Then when we develop diabetes and heart issues. And numerous other health maladies. We blame our sickness and ailments on God's will for our lives. God why did you let this happen to me? God what are you going to do about it? God heal me. God where are you? 
And if God heals us, what do we do many times? We don't change our diet. We don't start doing what we're supposed to do. We don't properly train our children, yet we are offended with the suggestion that their rebellion might be our own fault. We don't properly train our children, yet we are offended with the suggestion that their rebellion might be our own fault. We do not abide in Christ and his word. Still we blame it on God's will when we ask what we will and God does not seem to hear and it's not done. If you could go to John 15, 7, please. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. Sometimes God cannot do what we have asked because we have not given him enough power in our prayer time to get it done. Sometimes God cannot do what we have asked because we have not given him enough power in our prayer time to get it done. We know that faith comes through hearing and meditating on God's word. Most of us do very little of that. But let someone imply that we did not receive a promise because of unbelief, and we will quickly become irate with them. You know, in uh, Psalms chapter 91, the Lord talks about he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will receive the protective promises. And in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, if you could put that up. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Someone may suggest that my lack of protection from some destructive happening could be my own fault and I will quickly get offended. How about you? I am certainly not implying that God never allows us to walk through difficulty, that all of our problems are because of disobedience, or that all unanswered prayer is because of unbelief. I'm simply saying that many of our failures and difficulties are our own fault. Boy, that's just a big ouch, isn't it? And that's just true of all of us. I mean, me, I'm number one on that. On, you know, it's every day you just have to get up and, and renew yourself and renew your faith, and especially... As I shared with you, I'd had COVID so bad, and now it seems to be coming back around, and uh, just the importance of, of rising up and standing firm. And Matt talked talk this morning about boldness, and we, we just have to do that. We just have to come together and do that. <clears throat> we have a part to play in the securing of protection and other heavenly provisions. This reminds me of an old joke that I absolutely love. Some of you may have heard this joke, but I just hold it in my heart because, I mean, it just, I think it applies to everybody, myself included. A man of great faith is encountering a flood coming around his home. The flood waters enter his home, and the waters quickly rise, and he runs to the attic to protect himself. Shortly thereafter, he hears a rescue boat close by, and he runs to the attic window, and they're shouting to him, Jump! We'll catch you! So he replies, no, 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 I don't need to. I know God's got this covered. He's going to save my life and my home. God's not going to let anything happen to me. So the rescue boat leaves. The waters get higher. Finally, the attic becomes flooded, and the man has to get out on his rooftop. 
short time later in the distance, he hears a helicopter coming. The helicopter hovers right above him and says, we're going to throw down a rope. You grab it and we'll lift you up. He says, no, 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 no. I know God's got this covered. He's going to save my life and my home. God's not going to let anything happen to me. So the helicopter lifted the rope and left. The water rose higher. The man drowned. He arrived in heaven very angry at the Lord. He met St. Peter at the gate and he said, I just cannot believe the Lord has allowed this to happen to me. I trusted him. I had such great faith and here I stand. St. Peter said, buddy, we sent you a boat and a helicopter. Isn't that all of us at times? Can't see the forest for the trees, can we? I am saying once again that many of our failures and difficulties are our own fault. All that guy had to do was hop in that boat or grab that uh, rope from that helicopter. We have a part to play in the securing of protection and other heavenly provisions. What if we tried to lay down our tendencies for offense and fears? Let us accept the fact that the scriptures are filled with principles that put responsibility on us, which must be met to receive God's promises. Let us realize this is, does not cancel grace or promote salvation by works. Grace does not simply imply no responsibility on our part. Let us realize the love of God is unconditional, but his favor and blessing are not. Let us realize the love of God is unconditional, but his favor and blessing are not. Let us cast off all laziness, complacency, and apathy. Let us just realize that we all fall short at times. Let us not feel condemned and beat ourselves up or feel defeated when we do. Let us just keep our faith in the Lord. Never give up until the answer comes. Never give up until the answer comes. Whether through speaking, touching, laying hands on the sick, declaration of worship when God's power starts flowing on the face of the earth it is flowing through human vessels we the body of Christ are God's womb from which his life is birthed or released upon this earth the life that Christ produces flows through the womb of the church the life that Christ produces flows through the womb of the church sometimes when it appears that God has finally gotten around to it or when we think that something just suddenly happened, the truth is that enough power has finally been released through power in order to accomplish it. And I wanted to say one more thing, and I've got just a little, little quick thing I want to read to you, and then we'll be finished. The problem can look bigger than the promise. The problem can look bigger than the promise. Don't ever let facts cancel your faith. Just because a doctor steps in a room and says something over you or a financial person says something over you that you are too far down to get back up on your feet. That's not faith. And faith is what we count on, isn't it? There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face. I know they feel the presence of the Lord. 
sweet Holy Spirit, the sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And for these blessings, we lift our hearts in praise. Uh, again, a reminder that Linda O'Brien will be starting the Heart of God next week. Uh, yeah, next week, and it'll be throughout the month of September. Uh, I do want to say these two books are fantastic. If you uh, get a chance to get them and have them on your shelf, they're both just great reads, and they're things you can look back on when things come up. Uh, if you'll join me now in prayer, we'll dismiss and get ready for our church service. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.